Hi, I'm Michael Stiddle. And I'm Nick Nanos. Uh, Nick, welcome to Trendline. Uh, yet again, I always ask you this, this question, but I'm always curious what pollsters do in their off time. And, and I know you're a sports guy. I know that the Jay season is over, but we still have hockey now. So and any, any, any predictions or any, any news? Well, no, no predictions on the hockey front. And uh, I, uh, well, this week, this is still preseason for the NHL. Mm-hmm. I went to a preseason hockey game. Wow. Between the uh, Ottawa Senators and uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I'd like to say that I'm uh, confident enough to say that I went with my mother. Went there, That's so his great. Nick and his Greek mother uh, went to the hockey game. And my mom's a big Leaf fan. I'd like to say that uh, I'm agnostic, but I'm a, yeah. I bought season's tickets for the Ottawa Senators. So it was good to bring my mom to the game and, oh. uh, and to watch it. I, I, I like you're so political. I like that uh, or diplomatic, I should say that you're agnostic, but you're but your mother is a Leafs fan. That's great. I mean, speaking yeah, so, as a Trontonian. Do you think people are going to interpret that if his mother's <laughs> a Leaf fan, then he must be a Leaf fan. And I like to say for the four Nanos brothers, they all cheer mm-hmm. for different teams. Oh, wow. Like the Senators, Boston, Buffalo and Edmonton. I I have to say, at, at the risk of uh, losing losing viewers, that I that I am a fair weather fan, and uh, and if the Leafs do well, I will I will follow them. I'm a terrible fan, Nick. What can I say? <laughs> but uh, all right, let's get to some housekeeping first. Uh, we're out of the election, which means that Trendline is going to our non-election schedule. What does that mean? Instead of three times a week. Uh, we will be uh, recording every two weeks. So you'll be hearing from us every two weeks. We are going to f- continue to focus on national politics, uh, provincial politics, and a little a little sprinkling of international, uh, especially when it comes to our southern neighbors. Uh, and, you know, what, what these major political issues mean to Canadians. Speaking of, uh, I'm always fascinated in, in how, you know, what issues Canadians rank as the most important. And, and you've got some latest on that. Well, mark your week, Michael, because uh, there was a big change in the Nanos weekly tracking. Hmm. Do we have a drum roll? I think this is a bongo. <laughs> this would be a drum roll. This would be a bongo. Anyways, uh, big change in the Nanos tracking. Hmm. We have been gripped by coronavirus over the last, uh, you know, since, since the beginning of March 2020. And this week in the Nanos tracking, coronavirus was not. I repeat, not the top Mm. national issue of concern where Canadians could say whatever they wanted. At the top of the list was not coronavirus. It was the environment Mm. uh, as what Canadians are worried about. And the environment has been on the upswing in the last number of weeks with concern about coronavirus on the downswing. So a big change. Wow. Uh, I'm I'm fascinated by this. So I... I'm curious how uh, the federal party's uh, climate change policies may have impacted the electoral outcome. And, and we can see that the environment is a major issue of, of concern to Canadians. So what, what do you think? Well, all of the parties were, were over the environment and had uh, key environmental planks. They know that that's important to a significant proportion of, of Canadians. But, you know, what we're seeing now, at least, is and I think a lot of this has to do with not necessarily the environment being more important, but the coronavirus people feeling a little more comfortable, a little more mm. normalization in people's lives. The kids are back to school. People are thinking about going back to work. And as a result, less concern about coronavirus. And, you know, Michael, when we look at that trend line, if we put the old time machine, the trend mm-hmm. line time machine back into play. Just before the pandemic started, the top national issue of concern was the environment at around 
20.5%. And uh, it was the top national issue of concern just before the pandemic. And then was basically knocked off the agenda by the pandemic. But now it's, what do we say, environment making a comeback mm. on the trend line because uh, it's been trending up. And I would expect that all of the federal parties, without exception, will be focusing on this issue as things as maybe this is indicative of things getting back to normal, Michael. And when I say normal, normal issues, not the pandemic. And I think that's probably good news from a public policy perspective. Uh, and, and for the liberals, it sounds like they, they made the right decision to, to really campaign on, on the environment. Uh, we're also seeing, you know, for, for parties that did not win the election, uh, potential leadership reviews, uh, things like that. Do you, do you think that's sort of playing into their they're, uh, you know, sifting through the debris of what happened? Well, so first of all, if we, if we do a walkthrough for the New Democrats, not so much because mm. they had a pretty strong green plan. New Democrats are generally uh, happy with uh, Jagmeet Singh and uh, the New Democrats also don't tend to knife their leaders. What do we say quickly? Right. Much slower. <laughs> right. Much more civilized. Yeah. There's probably yeah. a committee involved, a committee. <laughs> Let's talk yeah. amongst ourselves. As opposed to the other leaders, which is you're out kind of deal. Yeah. Um, we also know it'll be interesting as Aaron O'Toole goes through his post-election review hmm. from his own party, how much, what I'll say, his more progressive policies, including his policies on the environment, mm-hmm. pan out, whether they, uh, whether they provide for a risk for him. Because if you remember, Michael, remember the first policy convention that the Conservatives had when he was leader, he staked out a position on one of the big motions to recognize that climate change existed. That died, didn't hmm. pass. Uh, the members rejected that particular motion. It was mm-hmm. was uh, awkward, awkward, yeah. quite awkward, yeah. why don't we say, for Aaron O'Toole from a political perspective. So big question is, for all of those conservatives that perhaps voted against that motion in the past, are they happy or unhappy with Aaron O'Toole? So it'll be interesting to see how that mm. potentially pans out. Uh, now, speaking of leaders, uh, I, I want to shift to Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Uh, so he's, you know, had a really uh, bad week in terms of, of news headlines on, on the Canada's very first uh, National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. Uh, his itinerary placed him in Ottawa in private meetings, and then it turned out that he had actually uh, flown to Tofino to meet his family there. Um, the optics obviously are, are horrendous on this, Nick. Uh, what, what's, uh, what's your thinking behind this? I mean, what, how did this happen, I suppose? Well, you know, I think, uh, you know, let's face it, the, the elections are uh, a pretty grueling period for all the federal party leaders. I'm sure all of them geared down to mm. take, a break with, uh, take a break with their family. And, you know, as, as reported by the prime minister's office, is the schedule changed at the last minute and he went out to Tofino. The problem is the picture, the picture of him holding a board, walking on a beach mm-hmm. on the day of national reconciliation, like the new holiday that Justin Trudeau is responsible for creating. So you would expect that on a holiday that he identified as an important priority for himself and for his government, that he would be part of that dialogue journey healing process when it comes to truth and reconciliation with uh, Indigenous peoples. But he obviously decided to uh, take some personal time. Mm. The, the problem is, is that it includes a picture of him taking personal time, which kind of questions his commitment. And Michael, that would be like us telling our boss, do you know what? Remembrance Day is really important for me. It's a really important holiday. Did I tell mm. you how much important, uh, you know, Remembrance Day was? 
and then uh, you know on Twitter it was posted pictures of us. Why don't we just say on the beach in Tofino holding yeah. a surfboard or something like that, and everyone was there to see. People would be wondering, okay, so on the one hand, you say that this is important, and is this is this the most appropriate way? If he was just walking on the beach, I don't think anybody would have it wouldn't have been as much of a, an issue. But the problem is. I shouldn't say the problem. The reality is, in today's mm-hmm. politics, a picture can be more damaging than anything anyone can say. And that particular picture was not positive in terms of people trying to reconcile, you know, Indigenous peoples and healing mm. with, uh, with the Prime Minister's personal time off to rest after the election. So for, for the country's efforts towards uh, truth and, and reconciliation, it's, you know, it's the, the optics are really terrible but uh, just for the the liberal party itself uh, what, what what kind of impact would it have and and, and how is Trudeau doing in, in terms of his own personal uh, brand as a politician well think of it this way this is the guy who's who survived uh, blackface brownface right mm-hmm. um, and he survived because his track record on diversity equality refugees right all that kind of stuff as prime minister, his track record is actually quite strong legisl- from a legislative perspective. So he's basically given a buy on that. So then the big question is, because everyone knows that reconciliation and relations with Canada's Indigenous peoples is a priority for Justin Trudeau and his government, are they going to give him a pass because his, his, his actions as prime minister have been very supportive? But the big question is, is he trying to say something or is this just a bad picture that just happened to be happened mm. to, to be taken in terms of him on this particular day? Um, and, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that he's so the good news for Justin Trudeau is a he has won the greatest number of seats in three elections. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. He's only won the popular vote in one election, his first, and he's lost the popular vote in two. What's the best before date for Justin Trudeau? Yeah. I'm not frozen. I'm just being quiet. It's just silent. We don't <laughs> know. A, we don't know. We don't I mean, know they, what the yeah. And the, and and the Liberal Party has become the party of Justin Trudeau. It's it's intrinsically linked. Uh, so it, it, it's I'm I'm curious how the party handles that. Uh, you know, because eventually he he'll step down and 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 how does the party kind of transition to a post Trudeau party? I suppose. Well, you know, we have to remember that that Justin Trudeau took the Liberal Party, which was broken and on the ropes, and he remade it into a governing party that won the greatest number of seats in three elections. Mm -hmm. But he did that not by rebuilding the party, but remaking it a movement, you know, making it a lot easier for people to join and making it a movement, uh, a bit of a coalition, a progressive coalition that welcomed uh, a lot of diversity and a lot of people with, with different progressive visions but still progressives under that progressive tent. And the big question is, how do you transition after that? Here's a prediction. I have a prediction that will probably Mm. embarrass me. How about this? If we see a speech from the throne, the speech from the throne is going to be the keynote signal, not just for the liberal government, but for Justin Trudeau's future. Mm. I would hazard to say that if Justin Trudeau is thinking about his transition out of politics, that he will be thinking about legacy. And if he's thinking about legacy, we'll see a speech from the throne that's very ambitious, where he wants to deliver on some of those big issues that are really, really important to him. Mm. If we see a speech from the throne, and I'm not going to use the word boring, but kind of like the ones that we've seen before, workmanlike, 
very focused, targeted, right? If we see something like that, then I would hazard to say that he's probably going to want to stay for one other election because he's going to try to continue to kind of build the liberal brand and try to win. You know, I think if you're prime minister, A, you want to have more Canadians vote for you than the other person. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably an objective that Justin Trudeau probably wants. So, uh, so let's watch to see the signals coming out of the speech from the throne. Will the signals indicate it's a legacy speech from the throne about, uh, about, the, about what Justin Trudeau has accomplished? A swan, swan song, so to speak? Hmm. Or is it more political in terms of trying to build a bigger coalition for the Liberals for the next federal election? No, oh, fascinating stuff. Uh, Nick, as always, thanks very much. That was fun. Uh, and where can we find you? On Twitter, Nick, N-I-K, Nanos, or on the web, www.nanos.co. And I'm also on Twitter at Michael Siddle. You can also find more information about what Nick and I have discussed at ctvnews.ca. Thanks for listening.